Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. You doing good? Good to see you. Come on, you look awesome today. Is everybody doing all right? Come on, somebody. You know, you know. I heard somebody say, I know it. You know, that's the good thing. That was uh, Lily, uh, uh, Pastor Jimmy and Nancy's little girl. Uh, He goes, Lily, you're so cute. She goes, I know it. (laughs) So it's good to know it, right? It's good to know you look good. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and just say, man, I look good. Um, and uh, so it's so good to have you all here. Uh, if you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the Church RC. And uh, me and my wife, we co-pastor together. And uh, we believe that, uh, you know, she comes in. She's actually speaking at the end of this month. And she speaks here on a regular basis because uh, I don't think that I know it all. Amen. And so she gets, brings a point of view that is completely different than mine. And so, so uh, anyways, but we're just so honored to have each and every one of you here. And uh, it's, it's good to have you. And uh, we're excited about all that God is doing. Come on, we're in the middle of a community group. Uh, we're, we're, uh, community groups are amazing. You know, it's, it's awesome to see. We had, uh, I, I do a community group um, at Soul Man's Barbecue. Uh, and we just get together and eat barbecue and talk. But you know what? We At the end of it, I say, hey, how can I pray for you? And uh, uh, a guy that comes to our group, Dan, he said, uh, I need I need just prayer for my business. And we prayed for him right there. And he said, man, everything turned around. And isn't it amazing? The Bible says that if any two, or, uh, th- uh, any two touch anything agreeing, it shall be done for them. Isn't that right? That's what the Bible says. And, and you just need somebody around you to encourage you, to celebrate what's going on, and to help you through whatever if you have a storm in your life. And so we encourage you, get plugged into a community group. Amen. Uh, You know, uh, we've been moving, and uh, moving is the worst thing ever. I've officially decided that if my job was moving, I would just quit life. I, I, I guess there's people that like doing it, but uh, all the people that helped me move uh, the last few days, uh, come on, just give it up for them. Just give them a round of applause. Just for me. Um, and if you didn't show up to help me move, I'm very disappointed in you. You know who you are. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was awesome. We had we have tons of help. Had a lot of people show up uh, both times, and it was it was great. But uh, it was it's always an experience moving, and um, and so just real quick uh, before we jump in, uh, I have a couple people that I want to recognize. Every week, I always tell you to welcome our online community uh, because we have people that listen from all over the world. Well, today we have Kelly here from Wisconsin. Come on, she listens to us every week, and give it up for her. And then we have Jeff and Ashley Petrus, I think is how you say their name. They're, they run the orphanage that we support in Haiti. Come on, where are you at? Stand up. Stand up. Where are y'all at? Where are you at? I know you're in here. Are you in here? There they are. There they are. They're sitting separately. <laughs> like you sit here, I'll sit here. Stay away. I don't know what you did, Jeff, but you're in trouble, dude. When you get seated separately in church, you've done something seriously wrong. 
<laughs> no, it's so great to have them. They, they run an orphanage that we support in, in Haiti, and we've got a, a group of uh, two groups going over uh, this summer, and so there's a lot of those that we're going to pray for and send out. But God is doing a lot of amazing things here at the church, and you're a part of something greater. We, I was just in Africa, uh, and we, I, I got to see an orphanage. We built an orphanage there. And I got to name it and pray for the kids there, which is just an, was an awesome experience. And, and then they're here, uh, and we support that, that ministry. And they, they have set over 70 uh, orphans that they, they feed and take care of on a regular basis. And so thank you so much for being a generous church. Uh, and I just want you to know that your dollar doesn't stop here. We send it out. We believe that God has called us to make an impact, not just in our community, but in the world around us, and you're doing that. So uh, y'all are awesome. And, uh, and let's jump into this message. I've taken enough time, and so, uh, but but uh, we're in a series called "Just Saying," and uh, we're talking about the power of your words. And I'm just going to let you know before we get in that this is an extremely popular message, and uh, I'm probably going to step on your toes a little bit because I know this because I'm stepping on my own toes. Okay, so uh, but just saying the power of your words. Proverbs 18, Proverbs 18, and we're going to read verse 20 through 21. Uh, I kicked this message, uh, this series off last week with a message called uh, The Power of Your Words. And uh, so if you didn't hear that, I encourage you to go listen, download uh, the church app. You can get the podcast or you can go online. You can listen to those messages. Amen. The Bible says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we encourage you. I understand life's crazy. There's always something going on. You can't make it every Sunday. That's just the way life is. But you can always download a podcast. And so we encourage you just to continue to stay in that. And I believe that this is a life-changing message. I believe it can have a massive impact on your life if you'll just take it and apply it. Amen? Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21, it says this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips... He shall be filled. And then it gets real serious. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Amen. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Words Matter. Words Matter. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. The words matter. I think everybody in here would agree. And just so, just before we get started, let's just uh, do something. Turn around, uh, touch three people, and give them some kind of encouraging word. Whatever it is. You look good today. Come on. Your breath smells fantastic. It's awesome. What's amazing is, is that there is power in your words. Just in that, your whole countenance changed. Everybody that participated in that has a smile on their face, and everybody that didn't still is frowning. So it's okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but there's power in your words. Power, uh, the, words have the power to impact your life for the good or for the bad. 
right? Words have that kind of power. And, and, and if you don't believe me that words have power, guys, the next time your wife asks if she looks fat in those jeans, just say yes. I promise you, your words will impact your life in a great, great way. You'll end up like Jeff sitting in separate seats, right? That's just the way it is. You've got to understand that words have power. They, we understand that words can build up and words can tear down. Words can destroy or they can help. They can hurt or they can help. They, can, they have this, this ability to impact your life for the good or for the bad. And the thing is, is that you're the only person that can control your words. Well, I just got to say what I think. How's that working for you? Huh? How's it working for you? Every one of us in here, have we may be that person, but we at least know someone who has caused destruction with their words. We know people that have lost friendships because of their words. We know people that have ended marriages because of the words that they spoke. We know people who have uh, damaged children because of the words that they spoke carelessly. Maybe you're in this place and you've been damaged by words. You've had words that have been spoken over you that have had an impact on your life. Maybe somebody has spoken negatively about you, and now then every time you look in the mirror, you think about the words that were spoken to you, and you, you automatically go to the flaw that they pointed out. Wow. See, the thing is, is that it's amazing because I know people that, that are affected by someone's words 60, 70, 80 years even after the fact. Because words have this power. They can impact your life in a great way. You know, when I was 15 years old, um, I was ca- a cocky teenager. Come on, like most of us were. And, uh, and I don't remember what I had done, but I made my mom mad. I mean, there's, my mom is a very sweet lady, and she's got a pretty long fuse. But when you make her mad, come on, she's a Texas woman, and she... <laughs> She got, I don't even remember what it was, but she was furious, furious with me. And so she did what any Texas woman would do, and she started to wear me out. She, or she would call it tan my hide. That's what she would say. And she said, bend over the bed. And she got a belt, and she went to town. You ever seen somebody getting it? She was getting it. I mean, I didn't know that her arms could move that fast. It was amazing. Like she was, she was like out of breath and she was working. Now here's the thing that you, uh, you may not know my mom, but my mom is five foot two and weighs like nothing. She's very light. She's, and so even though she was doing a lot of work, she wasn't doing a lot of damage. And so I was kind of just, uh, all right. And she stopped. I don't think she stopped because she was done. I think she was just wore out. She couldn't do anymore. She was actually physically tired. And, and, uh, and so she got, she got done. She stopped. And she turned around to walk away. And so I stood up. And I turned around. And I said three words that I immediately regretted saying. I said, are you done? And then she followed that with six words that I immediately regretted her saying. She said, wait until your dad gets home. (laughs) Now, here's the thing is that my dad's hurt when he got home. It was not a fun thing. Here's the thing is that words hurt me in that moment. 
Words had a negative impact on me at that moment. I was snared by the words of my mouth. Because I couldn't keep my mouth shut, all of a sudden I had more punishment coming my way. See, here's the thing is that God set up a law and he says this, that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And like any law, it can work for you or it can work against you. Right now, come on, we're in this room. Gravity is working for you. But if you got up on this roof and you stepped off, all of a sudden it would begin to work against you, right? And the same thing goes for your words. Death and life are in your tongue. You choose. That's what God's saying. You get to pick. You get to pick what you say. You get to choose what you speak. It's your choice. You, you just need to start choosing wisely. Every one of us know this, that we are impacted by the words that we speak. Today, I just want you to understand a few things about words. The first thing that you need to know is this, is that words are remembered. Words are remembered. We talked about this a little bit last week. Sometimes you can, you can say a word and immediately you say it and you say, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. But it doesn't change the fact that you've already caused the damage. That you've already caused some, some, some kind of emotional damage. Even though you didn't mean to hurt them, you still hurt them. Words are remembered. Matthew 12, 36 says this. But I say to you that for every idle word men speak. This is Jesus saying this. For every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. Wow. wow. I don't know about you, but that's kind of scary, right? Because I, 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 I've said some things that I probably shouldn't have said. Come on. I've spoke some things. But here's the thing is that what Jesus is trying to get you to understand is that your words have power. And not only will people remember them, he will remember them. He remembers the words that we speak. That's how serious our words really are. You know, I had a, a difficult time. I don't know. Maybe you're... you're one of the weird people, or maybe you're, maybe I was one of the weird people, but I had a really hard time with school. I mean, it just didn't seem to come naturally to me. Uh, I, I just, I, I had a friend of mine and he never had to crack a book. Like he was just one of those guys, like he, he just breezed through school. But me, like I had to work twice as hard at everything. It just didn't come naturally to me. And so naturally I, uh, since I had a hard time, I just acted like I didn't care. And so I would spend a lot of time talking. Imagine me talking, right? <laughs> but I, I spent a lot of time talking. I liked hanging out. Like, let's have fun. I'm still that way. Uh, you know, I hear a bunch of people talk. I can't have people. I got to put on noise canceling headphones at the office because I'll hear somebody laughing. I'm like, hey, what's the party, y'all? Hey, what's going on? Y'all want to go lunch? Let's do lunch. I'm like, you know, like that's just the way I am. So here's the thing is that I did, that I, I, I was this way, but I had a hard time with school. I just had a difficult time. And, and so I spent a lot of time in detention, a lot of time. Like me and the detention people were BFFs, you know, like, but, but, but I, I, I just had a difficult time. But in that I had great teachers and I had bad teachers. Right, And I understand I wasn't the perfect student, but I had really great teachers and I had really bad teachers. One of the teachers that I had, uh, and I never will forget this, is my fourth grade teacher. Her name, now that was a long time ago. And her name was Miss Miller. We called her Killer Miller. <laughs> and the reason why, and I never will forget, and I don't really know what she looks like. And if she's in this room today, please don't kill me. I think she's probably still just as mean today as she was 
But I, I never will forget this, that I remember that she was, when I got on the first day, I thought, she's a really pretty lady. So automatically, I thought she must be nice. No. She was pretty on the outside, but ugly on the inside. She was a mean, mean woman. She said some of the most hateful things. She was, she, I mean, she, it was one of those, like, I hated fourth grade. That was my worst year of school. I hated my fourth grade year of school. And she always found ways to discourage me. She always found ways to make me feel like I would never amount, like I wasn't going to be good enough. And it just made you want to quit. Now, here's the thing, is that even though I had bad teachers, I also had great teachers. I'm telling you right now, my senior year, I had a teacher named Mrs. James. And Mrs. James is, she's an angel. Like, I'm telling you. She, she was, I, I had, I struggled so much that I literally thought I wasn't going to finish high school. I, I was, I was that, I mean, like, I didn't think I was going to graduate. I thought there is no way that I'm going to graduate. I, I was, I was like failing most everything just because I had such a hard time. But Miss James would always come along and she'd say, Brian, you're going to do this. You're, uh, and she would encourage me. She would, she would find ways to encourage me. Yeah, you suck at math, but come on, you are an awesome guy. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, she would just find ways. It's okay, Brian. You know, you've got a great memory. You know, she would just find ways to build me up, to encourage me. And here's the thing. Is she, and, and I said, Miss James, I don't think I'm going to graduate. She said, yes, you are. You know why you're going to graduate? Because I'm going to make sure you graduate. And she stayed after class to help me and work with me. And I'm telling you right now that I would not have graduated at, I, I, I don't know that I would ever finished high school if it wasn't for Mrs. James. Because she was willing to encourage me. She was willing to cheer for me. She was willing to tell me, you're going to be okay. You've got this. And she would celebrate the wins and not focus on the losses. Now, here's the thing that I want, the reason why I told you about both of these people is that I remember both of them. But I remember them both for different reasons. One I remember for speaking death. And one I remember for speaking life. One I remember for encouraging me to be a better person and greater. And one just said, you know what? They discouraged me and it's like, you're never going to amount to anything. One helped make me the man that I am today. And one told me what I didn't want to be. See, you got to understand that every one of you need to know that you will be remembered for the words that you speak. The question isn't, will you be remembered? The question is, what will you be remembered for? Are you going to be remembered for speaking life to people? Are you going to be remembered for speaking death? Are you going to be remembered for encouraging people to be better people and say, you know what? You're awesome. You're, I love being around an encourager. I don't know about you, but people have a gift of encouragement. And I love being around those people because they make you feel like you can conquer the world. Like you've got this. And, and, and I want to be known. You know what's amazing? And you, you don't have to like this family. I love them. But uh, John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad. They, uh, they were talking about him, and I was in the room. They were talking about him, and they said this. I never heard my dad speak a negative word about anybody. And I will never forget that, because I wish that was said about me. It wouldn't be. But the truth is, is that I want that to be the case. Right? I want to be a person that, that just speaks, finds something positive to speak about something and just kind of says, you know what? I'm going to speak positively about these people. I'm going to talk uh, positively about them. Amen? 
Words are remembered. You're going to be remembered for your words. The question is, what will you be remembered for? The second thing I want you to know is this, that words have the power to bless and words have the power to curse. Words can bless and words can curse. James 3, 9 through 10 says this. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. See, here's the thing is, is that you got to know that blessing and cursing can proceed out of your mouth. Dr. Amoda was a, uh, wanted to, to do a test and figure out how much power words actually have. Uh, like all of us, we probably heard this at some point, and so he decided, you know what, I'm going to run an experiment. I'm going to figure out what, what, how much they really have. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to do this with rice. So what he did is he cooked up a bunch of rice and he put, he, he got them, he got it and he, he separated in equal amounts into uh, three containers. He put a lid on, a lid on the, the rice and he set them in the same room. And, and what he did was, is on one, he wrote, thank you. On the second one, he wrote, you're an idiot. <laughs> on the third, he didn't write anything. And so he decided, you know what, let's really test this and see if words have power. And so for 30 days straight, every day he would walk in and he would speak to the rice according to the label that was on it. So the thank you jar, he would walk over and he'd be like, man, you're the best rice in the world. You're awesome. And he would just encourage that rice. Come on, you keep being rice. You're awesome. Like he would just... He would encourage that, you know what, like he just speak life to that rice. He just kept speaking life to the one that said, you're an idiot. He just spoke death. He, he said, man, you're the worst rice on the planet. I don't even know, you can't even call yourself rice. You know, and he just began to speak death to this rice. To the th- uh, third one that he didn't mark, he left it completely blank. He just ignored it. He didn't say anything positive and he didn't say anything negative. He just completely ignored it for 30 days. At the, end of the, uh, at the end of this experiment, he decided, you know what, all right, let's go check on it. And so to the thank you rice, he went over and he pulled the lid off, and it still looked good. It still looked like normal rice. It, was, it looked good enough to eat. It actually put off a, a very pleasant aroma. He said it smelled really good. Uh, and then he went over and he thought, well, okay, that, that's good. The, that rice is good. So then he went over to the urine idiot. He pulled it off, and it was completely black and smelled like sour milk. Interesting. So then he went over to the one that he had ignored, and he pulled it off, and it was completely covered in mold. Now, here's what is amazing about this, and this experiment has been done over and over and over again. It wasn't just a freak thing, something that's been done completely over and over and over again. But what's amazing about this is that if words have the power to affect rice, Something that has no emotion, no feeling, come on, it it has no life really in it at all. I want to know how much more does it have power over your life? How much more does it have power over your circumstance? How much more can you impact and change the outcome if you would just begin to speak some life into the situation? See, a lot of us are going around and we're talking negatively about everything. We're always speaking death about everything. And you got to understand that if it has an impact on life on rice it has an impact on your life too 
There's death and there's life and the power of the tongue. And it changes rice. It changes you. You know, if words have that much power, I think we should be more careful with the words that we speak and the words that we use. Amen? The truth, though, is is that we live in a society that constantly speaks negatively about everything. Come on, a 30% chance of rain is called that, a 30% chance of rain. It's never said, we got a 70% chance of sunshine today. (laughs) Huh? I can't even watch the news anymore, y'all. The only thing good they say is good morning. It's always something negative. I mean, nobody does anything right. Everybody's doing something wrong. Like, it's always bad. It's always, there's never any focus on good things. And, And, you know, here's the thing, is that we live in a society that's always focused on the negative. And so is it any wonder that what comes out of us is negative? Because we, begin, we, we are, are so bombarded with this negativity and it's always coming into our lives. Isn't it amazing that that's what, exactly what's going to come out? Have you ever met somebody who that's all they say is negative things? Yeah, come on. I knew a guy who prayed that he wouldn't win the lottery because he didn't want to pay taxes. Wow. <laughs> well, you know how much money they'd take. Give me $10 million, I'll pay whatever you want. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I mean, come on, somebody, you got to understand. But what, they are, what that says is that they're always focused on the negative. I have family in my life who are afraid when things are going right. They're waiting on things to turn around. Oh, well, it's good now, but just wait. They're so negative that they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And the truth is, is that it's society has programmed us to be a negative kind of people. I was in Luling, Texas years ago and uh, visiting a friend of mine, and he was from there, and we were at the county fair, and uh, kind of like the Hunt County Fair. Come on, somebody. <laughs> uh, we were at the county fair, and we were walking around and hanging out, and uh, he ran into somebody that he had graduated high school with, and, uh, and so he introduced us real quick, and all of a sudden, this guy began to talk and just have conversation. And I, I use the word conversation very lightly because this man said the F word every other word. Like, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I, and here's the thing is that I'm a fireman, so I'm not offended by cussing. But, but this guy, I don't even know how he was carrying on a conversation. He was inventing words. <laughs> you ever been around somebody like that? You're going, how did, is that even a word? Like, you're going, like, I I don't even know what, like, is this even, like, he was just, every other word, he was, he was dropping the F word, and he was, ta- he was having this conversation, and me, you know me, I'm super quiet about everything, but, but I decided at this moment, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to say something, and so I just said, man, and he stopped, and I said, you say the F word a lot. <laughs> I wasn't really offended by it. I just wanted to let him know. He says the F word a lot. And he looked at me completely shocked. And he said, I do. I was like, do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? <laughs> like, but seriously, completely shocked. 
He said, I do. See, here's the thing is that he didn't even realize that he had formed a habit of cursing. And a lot of times we as people don't realize that we have formed a habit of cursing our lives. We go around and we speak curses about everything in our life. You're speaking curses about your career. You're speaking cursings over your marriage. You're speaking curses over your kids. You're constantly speaking negatively about everything. And you don't even know that you're doing it because you formed a, a habitual habit of cursing the things in your life. You know, the thing is, is that when you begin to get this negative outlook, everything is negative. Nothing uh, looks right. Nothing looks bright to you. And a lot of times when we begin to speak that over and over and over again, it's all we get in our life. It's what we get in our lives. You know, if you're cursing your marriage or you're speaking negatively about your spouse all the time, they'll never be able to do anything right. I knew a lady that uh, worked with my wife at the bank. And we were pretty newlywed. And so I used to do a lot of things. You know, I'd bring her flowers and <laughs> all the stuff that you, you know, you're supposed to do. And um, so I'd bring her flowers. And, I, and, and the lady that worked with her said, would always tell her husband, you need to be more like Brian. You need to be more like Brian. And I was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm pretty awesome. But... One day he decided, you know what, I do. So he took her flowers and he put them in her car, set them in the seat. She walked out to go home and it was a little bit warm and so the flowers had wilted. He's trying to be sweet, trying to do something right. Come on, guys, you've been there. Trying to do something right. And she went in and she called him and she said, you're an idiot. You can't do anything right. Now, here's what's amazing is that she had, she had focused so much on the negative that he could do nothing right. And eventually what happens is if you speak death long enough, Come on. Come on. you'll kill whatever you're speaking death over. They're not married today. Why? Because she kept speaking death. She, why, couldn't, why couldn't for a moment she just say, you know what? Thank you so much. Right. Who cares? The flowers are wilted. He tried. I'm speaking to you ladies right now. Who cares? He tried. Just encourage us. Come on. Give us a little hand clap every now and then. Huh? That's what we would. That's the thing is, but you get so focused on the negative that you can never see the positive. Speak negatively about everything. Oh man, I got to end. How do we change? Come on, you want to change? Come on, touch your neighbor. Say, you need to change. You need to change. (laughs) Merely done. All right, here's how we change. You ready? If you want to change what goes out, you must first change what comes in. If you want to change what's going out, you must first what's change what's coming in. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You know, here's the thing is that a baby is born with the ability 
to speak any language. Stay with me for a minute. A baby that's born in Russia will speak. Okay, it's not a trick question. I don't know. Lebanese? No, it's Russian. Baby born in Mexico will speak. I'm glad y'all didn't say Mexican. <laughs> we're, in Texas. we're in Texas. You never know. Spanish. That's right. They speak Spanish. Baby born in Texas will speak. That's right. Right? Baby's born with the ability to speak any language. What determines the language it speaks is the environment that it's surrounded by. You with me? What determines the language that comes out, what determines the thing that it constantly says is what it's surrounded by. Can I tell you that if negative is coming out, you need to change the environment that you're in because all you're putting in is negative. All you're putting in is the the bad things in your life. And that's all you can speak out. So if you want to change what's coming out, you must first change what's going in. There's people that I block on Facebook because I don't need to hear their stuff. Huh? I'll I'll be friends with you. I just can't read your post. Why? Because the Bible says, above all else, Guard your heart, for out of it flows everything. You know, here's the thing is that we got to understand that we have to guard our hearts if we want to change the words that we speak. Hebrews 10, 23 says this, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now, I know that we read this, and some of you probably know this, but I just want to break this down for you. Hold fast in this verse is a nautical term. And it would be used to describe what someone would do who had gone overboard and had been thrown a life preserver. That's what what he's saying here. He said, hold on. Hold on. Like you went overboard and you're clinging for your life. Hold fast. And then this, to the confession... Confession here means to agree with and to say the same thing that God says about your life and your circumstance. So what this verse literally says is this. Hold on like your life depends on it to what God says about your life and your circumstance without wavering because he that promised is faithful. See, here's the thing is that I know that that there's bad things that happen. I know that there's negative things that happen in your life. But that doesn't mean that you have to speak about that. See, the deal is, is that's what separates Christians from regular people. Is that we understand that we have a hope and we have a promise. And that our circumstances aren't permanent, but we serve a God who can change everything. We serve a God that if we'll just say this, I know that I'm having trouble in my finances, but I'm going to hold fast to the fact that God says that I will provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, it's holding fast to something different. It's confessing not what you see, but what he says. begin to understand that God 
is more faithful and more able to change my circumstances if I will just hold fast. See, here's the thing is Christianity is a speaking faith. Well, you're one of them name it, claim it guys. No, I'm telling you, Bible is that. God said he looked out into the darkness and he said, light be. He didn't just think it. He spoke it. Romans 10, 8 and 9 says this. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's two parts to it. There's absolutely belief. But before even belief is mentioned, confession is mentioned. See, the thing is, is Christianity is a speaking faith. And some of you need to start speaking in faith about your situation. You need to stop speaking words of death and you need to start speaking words of life. You need to start encouraging the people around you and stop discouraging them. You need to start building people up that, are, uh, that, that God has put in your life and stop tearing them down. Amen? Amen. Let's be a people that speak life, not death. Let's be a people that are remembered for speaking the right things, not the wrong things. Stop cursing our life and our circumstances. Let's start blessing it. And for crying out loud, let's change what we're putting in so we can change what's coming out. Amen? At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.